What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies, your place or mine, spoiler alert, and somebody I used to know. First, let's talk about your place or mine. Here's a quick synopsis. Longtime best friends Debbie and Peter switch homes for a week. Debbie in New York and Peter in L.A. with Debbie's son Jack. And during the week, the two reevaluate their relationship. The film stars Reese Witherspoon, Ashton Kutcher, Tig Notaro, Zoe Chow, Jesse Williams, Wesley Kim and Steve's on standout performances. The stars of this romantic comedy are no strangers to the genre. Reese Witherspoon has starred in Sweet Home Alabama with Josh Lucas, Just Like Heaven with Mark Ruffalo, Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn, and This Means War with Chris Pine and Tom Hardy, and Ashton Kutcher has starred in Just Married with Brittany Murphy, R.I.P., Guess Who with Zoe Zeldana, What Happens in Vegas with Cameron Diaz, and No Strings Attached with Natalie Portman. So it's surprising that up until now they have not made one of these movies together. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They should have picked a better movie. For one thing, why would two charismatic stars make a movie together where they are separated throughout the whole film? The biggest weakness of your place or mine is they barely share screen time together. The whole movie should have been them in a room together. That's what people wanted. People want to see Ashton Kutcher with Reese Witherspoon not separated. One of the reasons I thought this movie was going to work because of how picky these two have been about what kind of movies they make. I thought this movie was going to be good because these two stars agreed to star in it. The last few years Witherspoon and Kutcher have not starred in a lot of movies. Witherspoon hadn't led a film since 2017 and Kutcher hadn't been a lead in a movie since 2013 because they've been successful elsewhere in television and other business ventures, so one would think their returns to movie stardom would be with a great movie. Sadly, that's not the case here. That's why I expected this movie to be so much more, because Ashton Kutcher doesn't need to star in this movie, Reese Witherspoon doesn't need to star in this movie, but somehow they've ended up in this movie that's not very good. And with Witherspoon in particular, I'm surprised she would be the lead of this movie, because she left movies because she was getting bad starring roles roles in films, and then she went on to television with Big Little Lies and her other successful TV shows. So I just thought her return to movies was going to be a big one. But somehow she returns with this. It's just so surprising. Like, is this what she thinks a good movie is? I mean, I wasn't expecting this movie to be Walk the Line, but I was expecting it to be far better than what it is because I hadn't seen Reese Witherspoon in a movie in so long. So I just thought her return to film was going to be a big one and I saw Kutcher in the movie Vengeance this past year and I loved him in that movie I was happy he returned to movies that was his best role in a movie yet I just came to the conclusion that their standards for movies must be so high now that for them to pick a movie to do together it was going to end up being fantastic or something and clearly I was wrong it was a miscalculation on my part the two best performances in this movie do not come from Kutcher and Witherspoon in fact they come from stand-up comedian Tig Notaro and Chloe Zhao from The After Party and the best romantic comedies have great side characters but you have a problem when those characters are a thousand times more interesting than the leads. Zhao is set to return for season two of The After Party 
and Natero's directorial debut, Am I OK, starring Dakota Johnson, is going to come out soon on HBO Max, I think. I will talk about one side character I did not enjoy, and that was played by Steve Zahn. I did not like Steve Zahn in this movie, and I am one of the biggest Steve Zahn fans out there. I loved him in season one of The White Lotus. I go all the way back with Steve Zahn. He is good in every single thing he does, but his character in this movie, he's a gardener who's obsessed with the Reese Witherspoon character. I just did not enjoy Steve Zahn at all in this movie. He's one of my all-time favorites, going all the way back to that thing you do in Reality Bites. So not only are the film's two biggest stars not together a lot in this movie, but the ending the movie is building towards falls flat. There's a lazy scene at an airport. This movie is just not what I want for Witherspoon and Kutcher, who just this past year, like I said, was great in a scene-stealing role in Vengeance. This isn't what I want from movie stars the caliber of Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. And I know a lot of people think Reese Witherspoon is a way better actor than Ashton Kutcher is. Still, I want Ashton Kutcher to be in good things. I think he's a funny guy. I don't think he's funny in this movie at all. If you can say one good thing about Ashton Kutcher's acting ability, it's that he's usually funny playing dummies like Michael Kelso. I also liked him on the ranch. Like, he's not funny in this movie at all. And what drives me wild about this movie is I think the solution is so simple. If you had just had an hour of Ashton Kutcher on screen with Reese Witherspoon, I believe this movie would just have been average. That's how I think you would have gotten an average movie. You have two stars. I would have watched it. I would have enjoyed it because I would have seen on screen together Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. That's what happens when you have two movie stars sharing the screen. No matter how good or bad it is, you go, oh, well, that was worth my time. The problem with this movie is they had the chance to do that and they went in the opposite direction. Yes, most movies that just star Ashton Kutcher, I don't like that much. Just movies that star Reese Witherspoon, I don't like that much. But you combine them and maybe you come out with an interesting movie. They separated the movie's two stars and it failed miserably in this case. Overall, the problem with Your Place or Mine isn't that the two stars don't have chemistry, it's that we are not given a chance to see if they do or do not have chemistry. I just don't know why Witherspoon and Kutcher chose this movie to be their first one together. It feels like a movie we've seen over and over again because that's what it is. The thing that was supposed to separate itself from other romantic comedies was the pairing of Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon and we didn't get to see that pairing enough. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Spoiler Alert. Here's a quick synopsis. Michael Osiello, a writer for TV Guide, recalls his relationship with longtime partner Kit Cohen who has been diagnosed with cancer. The film stars Jim Parsons, Ben Aldridge, Sally Field, and Bill Irwin. Standout performances. Jim Parsons will most likely always be best known for playing know-it-all scientist Sheldon Cooper. The actor won three Emmy Awards for his performance and the show was a ratings juggernaut. But he has done some interesting projects outside of the sitcom. He had supporting roles in Hidden Figures, a Best Picture nominee at the Oscars, and Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, the movie about serial killer Ted Bundy. Spoiler alert shows Parsons in a leading role and he's very good in the movie. It's in his comedic wheelhouse. And while I was watching the movie, I wasn't really thinking of his sitcom past. I will say it is funny how that happens with sitcom stars. They become so well known for playing that character. It's the best thing that could happen 
to them at the time. I mean, look at Kelsey Grammer when he was playing Frazier. He was winning Emmy after Emmy. But post-Frazier, Kelsey Grammer really hasn't been a huge pop culture figure. And the same thing might end up happening with Jim Parsons. But he was brilliant playing Sheldon Cooper. And I don't think it's that much of a bad thing that that's what he's going to be best known for. And I do find it admirable that he's trying to do other things. But it doesn't necessarily mean he has to match the success of the Big Bang Theory. He's never going to be in something as successful as that show was. I think he can have a career like Ted Danson. Like, Ted Danson is always going to be Sam from Cheers. But he still does other things. He still pops up in other movies that surprise you. He still does TV shows. He'll always be Sam from Cheers. But he does other really good and interesting things. And I think that's the type of path Parsons is headed for. He's going to be in interesting movies and TV shows. They're just never going to match the popularity of The Big Bang Theory. And that's not a bad thing. His co-star in this film, Ben Aldred, is having a moment right now. He's getting rave reviews for his performance in Knock at the Cabin, a movie I talked about on last week's podcast. And he's equally good in this movie. Him and Parsons have legitimate chemistry. Aldridge is funny when he needs to be while also bringing the sincerity needed for the more dramatic elements of the film. I just hope he's given a chance to play more characters because I think he's a brilliant actor. The director of Spoiler Alert is Michael Showalter who is coming off of the eyes of Tammy Faye which saw Jessica Chastain win an Oscar for her performance in that film. He's also had a lot of success in this genre of romantic comedies. He directed The Big Sick which starred Kumail Nanjiani and Zoe Kazan and The Lovebirds with Nanjiani and Issa Rae. When he makes a film I have to see it. He's consistent and makes interesting choices. He's an underrated filmmaker with a really good track record. I loved Ray Romano in The Big Sick. I mean that was one of my all-time favorite performances in recent years. I also thought Andrew Garfield gave an underrated performance in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Like you want your favorite actors to work with Michael Showalter. He is one of the most underrated comedic directors working right now. Spoiler alert works as a movie on an emotional level. The leads have chemistry. My main issue are the scenes that are supposed to feel like a TV show. These scenes, you'll know it when you see the movie, did not work for me whatsoever. They felt weirdly cheap and did not match the tone of the movie whatsoever. They felt out of place. They felt like they were put in there just to make the movie feel innovative. Like, I just don't understand why those were there. I know you're making a movie of an adaptation of a guy who works a TV guide, but I think the director should have scrapped those scenes from this movie. They don't work. They don't work on an emotional level, and they don't work on a comedic level. They just don't work, period. Overall, I enjoyed Spoiler Alert. Parsons and Aldridge are a believable couple, and it's a story that's true and inspiring. Do I wish it gave Sally Field more to do? Yes. But as a romantic comedy, it works. Let's switch gears one final time and talk about one last romantic comedy movie that somebody that I used to know. Here's a quick synopsis. A reality show producer goes back to her hometown where she reconnects with her former boyfriend. The only problem is it's during his wedding weekend. The film stars Allison Brie, Jay Ellis, Kiersey Clemens, Danny Putty, and Haley Joel Osment. Standout performances. One of Allison Brie's biggest strengths as an actress is getting the audience to be on her character's side when her character does questionable things. You saw it on the Netflix series Glow, and you see it in this movie where her character, Allison, 
Allie tries to justify breaking up her ex-boyfriend and his fiance because they don't belong together and the way she accomplishes it is through comedy. And what do I mean by that? I mean, let's look at Bill Murray, for example, in a movie like Groundhog Day. His character in that movie is deplorable throughout, but the audience isn't judging him because he's being utterly hilarious. And that's what Alison Brie is being in this movie and what she's doing in the show Glow. She is being hilarious. So the audience is letting her off the hook. And that's what I did throughout this movie. I thought what her character was doing was unjustified, but I enjoyed watching Alison Brie do it. So I didn't care. I was still rooting for her character at the end. There are very few people who could pull that off. And I think Alison Brie is one of those. And I really did enjoy seeing her on screen again with Danny Putty. I'm super excited for the community movie that's in the works. I hope everyone returns. If that movie does not have Donald Glover, I'm going to go insane. Actor Haley Joel Osment is best known for his work as a child actor. He was Tom Hanks' son in Forrest Gump. He got an Oscar nomination for The Sixth Sense, was the lead of Steven Spielberg's AI. If you were a video game nerd like me, then you knew he was the voice of Sora in the Kingdom Hearts video games. But in recent years, I think he's really established himself as a grown-up supporting actor. I really liked him in 2019's Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And in Somebody I Used to Know, he's surprisingly the comedic relief of the movie. He's really funny in this movie. I loved his scenes with Alison Brie. In the movie, he's playing the goofy brother of the groom. Osmond gives a super fun performance. I was a fan of Dave Franco's first movie as a director, the horror film The Rental, and what he did with the horror genre is exactly what he attempted to do with this movie and the romantic comedy genre. Give us the tropes we've all come to expect and then give us a surprise ending. The problem I have with this movie's ending is it's something we've seen before. It's not super common, but done before. I'm not going to spoil the ending or what movie I think this movie is comparable to, but I don't think Dave Franco gave us something super different. I would also like to say this. I think Dave Franco should have been the male lead of this movie along with his wife Alison Brie. I just think it would have worked better as a movie. I like Dave Franco as a director, but he's a really good actor, especially in a comedy movie. Dave Franco is one of the funniest parts of the TV series The After Party, where he's playing a Justin Bieber wannabe pop star. He's also super funny in 21 Jump Street and Neighbors. I just don't understand why he's not the lead of this movie. Jay Ellis, who is the lead of the movie, is very good. He's funny in this movie. I just think we all probably wanted to see Alison Brie in a movie with Dave Franco. They both wrote the movie. In my opinion, Franco should have directed and starred in Somebody I Used to Know. Not only because I think he's better suited to play that part, but also because he does kind of have star power. People know the name Dave Franco. More people would check this movie out if it starred Dave Franco and Alison Brie. The movie really has only one well-known star, and that's Alison Brie, and I'm not sure. I don't think she's more famous than Dave Franco as an actor. I'm sorry. Alison Brie has done really good work. I think Dave Franco is the bigger name, and I think the two of them together makes this an almost must-watch movie. I think this movie needed Dave Franco along with 
with Allison Brie. And fine, let's say he doesn't want to play the leading role. I think it's criminal that Dave Franco is not in this movie as an actor. You can be an actor-director. Ben Affleck has done it. George Clooney has done it. I think Dave Franco should start to do it because I think he's too good of an actor not to be in his movies, especially when the movies themselves suit him perfectly. One thing I did like about this movie a lot was the idea that the Sean character played by Jay Ellis was looking for the same kind of girl as Allie played by Allison Brie. That is something I've never seen explored in these kind of movies. Usually the male lead in these movies is with somebody who is the polar opposite of the female lead. This movie is exploring this idea that the Sean character has a certain type and that he is replacing his former girlfriend with somebody who is clearly similar. And there's this great scene with Allison Brie and Jay Ellis where he basically admits to that, that he was looking to replace her with somebody who's exactly like her. And then what the movie does with the Alley character is really interesting. It's kind of this idea of, is her going back to her past admitting that her choices were bad? And the character comes to the conclusion that she made the right choice to begin with. I found that to be really interesting and that you don't see a lot in these kind of movies. Somebody I used to know is a movie with a lot of really interesting ideas, but isn't great at conveying those ideas because, again, I feels like Dave Franco and Alison Brie are kind of playing an ode to the romantic comedy genre instead of flipping it on its head. It kind of wants to do both things. It kind of wants to say, hey, doesn't this movie remind you of When Harry Met Sally? But then again, when you get to the ending, you're like, no, this isn't like that at all. It's kind of difficult to do both of those things. And I think ultimately, the movie really doesn't pull it off. I think this movie is a very good movie. I think it's well made. I think it's well acted. I think it actually is super funny at times. There's a scene where Alison Brie is on stage and there's a great musical moment. She really works in this movie. I think this is one of her better film performances. I think she's a lot better in this movie than she she was in Dave Franco's last movie, The Rental. I guess I just expected more from Dave Franco in his second movie. I wanted him to do something different with the genre, like he did with horror. What he did with horror, that movie, The Rental, felt like a fresh horror, something I really hadn't seen before. This movie, somebody I used to know, felt like a really good romantic comedy movie. The problem is, it felt like a movie I had already seen. So on this podcast, I've talked about three romantic comedies. I've talked about Your Place or Mine, spoiler alert, and somebody I used to know. The two that I liked a lot are the ones where the leads had chemistry. The one that I did not like at all is the one where the leads were not given the chance to have chemistry. I think the romantic comedy genre has always been the same. If you get two people in a room and they have chemistry, you're going to end up with a decent movie. That's why spoiler alert and somebody I used to know are decent movies because the leads have chemistry and that gets you invested in the movie as a whole. It's impossible to watch those movies and go, they're bad. They're not bad. I think they're average movies. Your Place or Mine is not average because you don't get to see that chemistry because the two leads are not in the movie together. I think Your Place or Mine had the chance to be better than those two other movies because you had Ashton Kutcher and you had Reese Witherspoon, but for some reason, that movie did not take advantage of that. This rant is all to say one thing. The romantic comedy genre always comes down to one thing. Do the two leads of the movie have chemistry? It doesn't matter what the plot of the movie is. It doesn't matter about the ending, really. It's about do the 
leads have chemistry. In two of the three movies I've talked about, the leads had chemistry. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movies The Woman King, starring Viola Davis, and When You Finish Saving the World, starring Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. 